Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. The martyrdom of St. John the Baptist and really his entire life uh, provides a lens uh, with which we can view ourselves, our life, our accomplishments, our value, all compared with the life of Christ. That was, after all, St. John's job to point to Jesus, to take the focus off of himself and put it on Jesus. John famously said of Jesus, He must increase, I must decrease. And this defined John's entire life and ministry. And his martyrdom is probably one of the most graphic accounts in the New Testament. You've got a a case of sick adultery. Herod Antipas, this is the grandson of the Herod who who tried to murder Jesus. Herod Antipas had divorced his ex-wife and had married his sister-in-law, his brother Philip's ex-wife, and Philip's still alive, by the way. Uh, He married Herodias. So like all sins against the Sixth Commandment, without repentance, what Herod did was wrong and damning. And so John, who who baptizes a baptism of repentance, goes to Herod and tells him to repent. He speaks truth to power. He tells him to repent. But it's Herodias Herod's wife, who takes offense, and she holds a grudge and wants to put him to death. Now, to Herod, John was some sort of celebrity. Even though John called out his sin, Herod liked to be entertained. He thought John was was mystifying. He, He just liked to listen to him. And so Herod actually keeps John safe. But then a lucky break comes for Herodias. It's Herod's birthday. Now, the Jews didn't really celebrate birthdays, but Herod does because Herod's vain. He wants to increase his own honor and increase his own reputation, so he holds a a feast, a party in his own honor. You can't get much more vain than that. Herod is obsessed with increasing his own ego. And then someone comes in to boost it even more. Herod's stepdaughter, who dances for him and pleases all of his male guests. This is not a nice little girl doing a little ballerina dance. There's some shameful, perverted debauchery going on here. And it blinds Herod and and, and leads very quickly to even more harm and more sin. This is what lust does. This is what lust and adultery do. Uh, Lust and adultery are the epitome of turning inward towards one's own desires and self. It actually blocks us from thinking straight. And so Herod, blinded, makes this stupid promise. He he foolishly promises to give uh, his stepdaughter anything she wants, up to half his kingdom. And she goes to her mother Herodias, and immediately her mother asks for John's head. And Herod reluctantly, shamefully does what she asks, bringing John's head to his birthday party on a silver platter. Such is the lowly end of John the Baptist, a man whom Jesus himself even called the greatest born among men. And yet even in death, John is true to his mom. He must increase, 
I must decrease. By even the method of his death, John literally decreases. And Jesus is increased. Now, John's martyrdom reads the opposite of, of what has become, unfortunately, a, a familiar and repeated story of so many celebrities in our day, and especially uh, even celebrity preachers. Uh, just in the past couple of weeks, uh, Mars Hill Church, uh, what was once the fastest-growing megachurch in the early 21st century, has been making news again thanks to a, a journalistic series in Christianity Today. At Mars Hill, which was led by Mark Driscoll, famously and dramatically fell almost overnight back in 2014 when Driscoll himself, who had reached a celebrity status, very publicly fell. And churches like Mars Hill, which branded itself as unique and one of a kind, are, of course, ubiquitous as Walmart. And these churches often brand themselves as anti-institutional and anti-authoritarian, but they almost always gravitate towards some new authority, often some charismatic speaker, with some new word, new way to interpret the Bible, or some new vision for the church who has all the solutions. But as Dan Van Voorhis, a church history professor, points out, while they often criticize authority, for instance, of people like the Pope, they often end up becoming and having a Pope in jeans and sneakers. Ironically, when the pastor tries to become nothing special, it becomes all about his personality. In the movement, the church becomes the person. But eventually the person falls, and so does the movement, so does the church, as happened with Mars Hill. And this happens again and again and again. And it doesn't just happen in large churches. It happens and can happen even in small rural churches. Anytime the preacher is held up for his ability to reach people, his gifts in leadership, his conversational style, his outfit of jeans and sneakers or cowboy wood and cowboy hats or, or whatever, anytime the man is held up above the office of the ministry and the means of grace, Jesus decreases. And you don't have to be a preacher. You don't even have to be in a church to experience this. We all have in some way a celebrity complex. We live in a culture of celebrity. Who doesn't long to be noticed? We want some recognition. We want to be validated. We want others to see the good decisions and the good things we've done. And so the pressure's on for us to, to always be doing more, to be making a difference, a difference in our families, a difference for our kids, a difference in the world. And with our inflamed egos, we begin to believe that it's up to me to carry the world on my shoulders. It's up to me to, to make sure my kids get every possible privilege. It's up to me to, to single-handedly save my company, because no one's as good as me. It's up to me to save my church. I alone know the way to do it. That's why the martyrdom of St. John the Baptist is so important. The Greek word for martyrdom is martyrio or witness. It's a witness of something, someone else. This account, and the Bible as a whole, is, is not just a collection of inspiring stories, something like Aesop's fables, a, a biographies of courageous and heroic people who can inspire you to live a certain way and, and emulate their examples so you can be all you can be. Those things might be good, 
but in the end, you will always burn yourself out. Like countless other celebrities, by raising yourself up, you will eventually and dramatically fall. John's death is a witness, a martyrio, a testimony, not of John and, and how great and down-to-earth John was, but a witness of Jesus. It isn't about John's courage. It's not about John's personal strength. It's not about John's character or charisma. It's about the object of John's faith. John's hope and expectation that the kingdom of God has come in Christ without him and without his abilities. That Jesus is the Messiah, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, including even his own, for he himself is not worthy to untie even Jesus' sandals. Jesus was the one through whom John had received the inheritance of the saints in light. No matter what happened to him on earth, including even death by martyrdom. And what was witnessed, martyriot, at John's martyrdom is what we see happening, what we witness today at baptism. Early Christians called martyrdom a baptism of blood. Take away the blood, and martyrdom and baptism are exactly the same. St. Paul writes that baptism is our death, our martyrdom. All of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We die to sin. You know, we adults tend to think that, that baptism is something we do to show our dedication or our courage or our commitment to God. That this is our ultimate act of piety. That by bringing children to baptism, uh, we are dedicating them to Jesus. We're doing a good work. We're making a difference. The Bible tells us the opposite. Baptism is putting something to death, but also God bringing something to life. An infant has zero ability to decide for herself, to dedicate herself, to commit herself. While she's still a sinner, she has no presumption to be a celebrity. She is completely dependent, dependent on her parents, on God. Which is exactly the reason why Jesus brings the little infants, the little babies to him and holds them up as the pinnacle example of faith. Faith is completely passive. Even John the Baptist slept as a baby in his mother's womb with faith. Faith simply receives what God gives. Baptism is a new birth. We can't decide to be born again. This is only something God gives. And through simple, seemingly insignificant water, combined with word, I, along with my sinful nature and evil lusts and desires, am drowned and decreased. I am killed, but a new man rises. The kingdom of God and Jesus is increased. And so that means that I can actually walk a new life. I can do what God wants. I don't have to be worried about my continued failings or the pressure that everything is up to me. 
All of my failings and my celebrity presumptions are exposed bare. But Jesus hangs naked on a cross for me. Martyred by another honor-driven, easily manipulated Tetrarch Pilate. And in the lowest of all deaths, even lower than John's, Jesus covers up all my shame, forgives all my guilt, and fulfills what I could not do. All of this I receive not, not by virtue of my abilities, but as a gift in baptism. The world despises baptism because baptism means sin is real. It means I'm not all that. It despises those who baptize, like John the baptizer, and despises those who are baptized. And the devil, too, seeing the cross now placed on your forehead, now has a target. Like John, the devil wants your head. But again, your safety and your salvation does not depend on you or your abilities or your dedication or your courage or your strength. The world can do its worst. The world may take away your life. It may take away your, your child, your wife, your goods, everything. It may make you a martyr. But in your baptism, God has already assigned his angels to guard and keep you. You are already promised heaven. And so even when your life is really hard, when we are brought to nothing, Jesus becomes everything. And Jesus, who once lifted up on the cross for all the world, now lifts you up, raises you. And so even in your death, when you come into the kingdom of God in fullness, Jesus is magnified and increased. So let John's motto be ours. I must decrease. Jesus must increase. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.